0: I did. I did. Yeah, but I say I'm already in a dark place. So well, I mean, it's by the
1: time I post this, the next the, the final game will probably be done. So
0: might be an excited boy or a or a sad boy. Like we will see. Who knows? Yep.
1: Well. Did Did you look at any news?
0: Look at the news. Well, you know, I mean, I think my mind and soul have been captured along with the rest of America over the uh, tragic, or you know rather exciting implosion <laughs> of the uh, of the Ocean Gate uh, submersible uh, submarine. Uh, the, you know,
1: Wasn't it called the Titan sub?
0: Yeah, I think it was called yeah. Titan. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
1: That's, I wrote in my, I wrote first line of the document, news, 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 subline, a submarine carrying five people to explore the Titanic blank, which this I definitely wrote down while it was still missing, but now we know... Everyone is presumed dead, I guess. Have they found... I guess we were really following it, like, religiously last week. Like, every few hours looking for updates on it. I wonder if they found any new updates. Because, like, last I heard... Was it Friday? That they found, like, a debris field. And they kind of presumed everyone had passed. And there was a catastrophic implosion, I think. Well,
0: the stuff they found, I think... They found, like, the tail cap and the, um, sort of like this sort of, um, you know, uh, sort of runway gear, like, you know, these little bottom stilts of it, like, these are kind of solid things that like, aren't necessarily like part of like the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, these aren't pressurized things. So I think the, the, um, I think the general sort of scientific concept is that, um, you know, the sub just got, you know, all the, all the stuff that was pressurized was just like absolutely eviscerated. So I think, yeah, they they, aren't really
1: going to find much more. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think they might find bits and pieces of stuff, but that's all stuff that like got blown far and wide and is like, you know, on the very bottom of the ocean. And it's, they're all probably small, pretty small parts. So I think, I think, uh, You know, I'm sure that people will be kind of scouring the, you know, the ocean floor for years to come and kind of finding bits and pieces of it. But, like, I think the concept is those are probably the only big parts that are probably ever going to be found, you know. They're certainly not going to find any bodies, I don't think, you know.
1: I'm curious in, like, however long it takes for someone to do a very realistic, like, rendering about, like, what the implosion might have looked like.
0: Oh, yeah. Of, like,
1: the sub with, like, kind of, like, the scatter field of, like, where everything went. Because yeah, I mean, I
0: think someone I can. Know. I think someone can definitely like create like a like create like a model of it, and then oh, yeah. you know they get these like computer sort of you know the uh, engineering yeah. uh, softwares. I'm sure can kind of model like how the you know the stress fracture, the you know the fracture of that like carbon fiber stuff will like propagate. I mean, it takes some kind of guesswork. Cause some people think like the uh, the little porthole failed. But a lot of people also think it was failure in the in the carbon fiber for a yeah. hole. So, I mean, you can put that, you know, I guess.
1: I mean, they, they as this comes out, I feel like there's also going to be a lot of lawsuits. And they're going to have a bunch of, like, ex-employees who, like, the ones that have already stepped forward and said that they've raised concerns about the integrity of, like, this submarine. So I feel like more of that will probably come to light and we will... There will be much more reasons to blame this company. Than, no, I'm sure this happened. thing will be
0: part of like the you know sort of uh, regular news cycle for about a year in terms of kind of figuring out what happened, and yeah. there'll be some, will be pretty some pretty cool stuff on Discovery Plus in you know about six months about what happened. You know, I'm kind of looking forward. There to was it.
1: already like I don't know what who it was, but there was like a, um, streaming service or some sort of channel that was like advertising um like, a documentary out already. Oh, boy. Like, this isn't even a documentary at this point. It's just a collage of, like, news articles at this
0: well, point. Well, what's going to be interesting is I think they, I think the company was already, like, filming things to, like, be put in a, obviously, a, a very, very pro-Ocean Gate documentary. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, I don't know, like... I mean, I don't know. They they got all this sort of like footage from like this, like the Firefest people when they mm-hmm. when when that failed. They still got like a so lot of just, like the yeah. pro Firefest material mm-hmm. to put in a anti Firefest documentary. It's so I, like
1: with the Woodstock documentary where they were filming it because they yeah. thought it was going to be revolutionary. And yeah, just turned into an absolute. Fiasco. So I assume
0: they're going to be able to like somehow obtain a lot of material that was like actually developed by OceanGate, and then obviously, um, you know. <laughs> Find plenty of material that, uh, you know, doesn't quite go along with uh, what they were working on, you know. Yeah,
1: I think it will be portrayed in a much different light at this point. But, yeah. I mean, really, that was the only thing at this point that was, like, taking over the news cycle this week.
0: It certainly burned, you certainly, uh, you know, you know, took a lot of my time at work. You I, know? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty
1: much all I really looked at yeah. this week at
0: work. Yeah, you know. Because
1: last weekend... We were at Bonnaroo, which is a music festival that is in Tennessee, and that is where we went. And before Bonnaroo, Forrest proceeded to show me multiple documentaries about how horrible large music festivals could go. We watched the Woodstock documentary, We watched the Fire Festival documentary. We proceeded to talk about a lot of other situations where festivals went absolutely horrific.
0: They're they're interesting for different reasons, I guess. Like the whole Firefest thing, I guess it's always interesting, like, you know, I guess we're always kind of captured by like these like sort of swindlers and you know, hustlers mm-hmm. where it all kinda of, like comes to like a pressure point and it all just gets exposed wildly, like, you know, yeah. kind of like that I don't know if you watched any of the material regarding uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um those documentaries are really cool and you know, I mean same it's, it's to this Firefest, I mean the the Woodstock documentary is kind of interesting, kind of in a different sense. It's obviously interesting because it's like crazy. I mean, just the whole descent into Lord yeah. of the Flies sort of thing. But it was also like a really interesting like time capsule for the 90s oh, yeah. and like 90s culture and like what people were like back then and kind of like, you know, I mean, it touches on like the MTV sort of mm-hmm. like um, publicization of, um, you know, of music yeah. and stuff like that. And it's kind of how TV worked and yeah. stuff like that. And it was cool.
1: And the, the Woodstock documentary is more of, like, how people can, like, go into mob mentality mm-hmm. and kind of make a bad situation worse. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the Fire Festival had a little bit of that, but it was more so just how one person can be, like, an absolute crazy pathological liar and people will believe him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the Fire
1: Festival, there was a little bit of, like, you know, people peeing on tents and whatnot and, like, stealing stuff, but... It wasn't nearly to, like, the caliber that Woodstock was.
0: Fire Festival, I think, in its, in its, um, at its core is more about, like, the present climate of, like, venture capitalism. And, like, people, you know, for better or for worse, uh, investing in these operations and companies and startups, whatever, where everything's happening so quickly, you know, that it's definitely a fake-it-till-you-make-it sort of uh, um, yeah. climate. Um, and it's the same thing with Theranos, where a lot of these companies really do reach that thing that they're faking it but i mean you know it's a lot of these companies just make these like wild sort of claims about you know where they're going and what they're going to do and they get all they get bill you know millions billions even dollars in investments and you know i mean a lot of it you know in 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 the regular day-to-day milieu i mean the companies companies might kind of hit their projections maybe they don't i mean a company like uber yeah. You know, is an example where I mean Uber is still not really a profitable company. Like that, like yeah. they, they don't make money on their bottom line. Still, mm-hmm. obviously, Lime is like another example where they don't make money. And it's all these just these way pie in the sky um, projections. Um, but, um, but you know, if, I'm I'm digressing. But you know, I mean, you get but you get these. <laughs> We're got like a, a but, lecture
1: about capitalism. But at but, this but,
0: point. but here and there though, you get these examples of where someone just makes these ridiculous claims and just. Don't have the resources no, to pull them off, but I they mean, get the right amount yeah. of people to invest in them and believe in them. And Theranos is a great example. You can watch all that that craziness. And FireFest is another one of yeah. them, where it's just a bunch of idiots with tons of money, and then the, obviously the people who are really, well, I mean, so quote unquote, suffer. In the case of FireFest, it's just a bunch of yeah, like rich pricks who have to hang really out. Don't feel
1: on, bad for them. <laughs> yeah, no
0: one died in FireFest. It's just, no. a, it's just a bunch of rich trust fund kids who were annoyed for a long weekend yeah I mean, I don't, that's I don't, totally I think everyone came okay. out I think everyone came out all right you know yeah, um, we don't feel that bad for them no no um so um but. yeah so I mean yeah, it's it's a uh, it's just it's an, it's an interesting interesting yeah. thing um, Well,
1: yeah so that watching those made me you know curious to see how Bonnaroo went nope. Bonnaroo went lovely yeah it was fine it was hot but it was good we saw some good music
0: it's always interesting to go to like these like huge festivals where so much crap has to be managed and you're just like a very like, yeah. small cog and and you're very much like
1: you're just subject like a to fish the in like the big just open ocean of people wearing no clothes. Oh yeah. Just hanging out. You're like
0: just that. like yeah, you're just like a little, you know speck of dust in the wind oh, yeah. of, 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 like, all these just things like they do. build
1: a town in yeah. the middle of rural Tennessee, which I don't know the population of Manchester, Tennessee. It's
0: not a lot. But
1: of... I bet it, like, triples during Bonnaroo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you looking at over right now? I'm looking up. Yeah. Uh,
1: so there's 12,624 people in Manchester, Tennessee. Oh, it's like
0: 80,000 come to the Bonnaroo. So, I mean, they, you know, basically multiply their... Um, population yeah, by like six 80, or seven thousand people yeah yeah so yeah, that's
1: just insane
0: yeah so
1: but it went very well they actually unlike a lot of other concerts apparently that we've watched talk on had great infrastructure and everything went swimmingly
0: yeah yeah i thought i thought everyone everything went really smoothly i thought like they had like a ton of like i don't know the food was, was good a bunch of ton, that tons, that of, <laughs> tons of water that you could drink tons of water oh shade there was just like lots of like um you know, well well maintained infrastructure to like make make it like, you know, yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, Not you're, a
1: huge catastrophe. Well, at the end of the day,
0: you're like outside in Tennessee in July, and you are just like baking in the sun yeah, in hundred degrees. So you just need a lot of infrastructure oh, to like yeah. let people survive that and enjoy themselves. it was pretty great. And you know? it's like
1: one of those things where it's well advertised that people are doing drugs or just like getting kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. You, I don't know. You just gotta have gotta be ready for ready for anything and I think they were and it was great so that led us down the rabbit hole of more situations music festivals concerts etc where they were not ready for everything and something went wrong and this all started I did this episode can be called the concert disaster collage Perfect. because there I did a few concert/ slash festival disasters but the main one that this kind of branched off from, was the 1979 Who concert disaster, which I explained to you before we went to Bonnaroo. Yes. And I first heard about this as many episodes on My Favorite Murder and then kind of got hooked on the fact that I've never heard about this before. But it is a very interesting and very tragic tale about the Who. So that'll be the first one I talk about. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So the Who World Tour stopped in Cincinnati, Ohio on December third of nineteen seventy nine at the Riverfront Coliseum. The tour was the band's first following the nineteen seventy eight death of their drummer Keith Moon, which is a dope name. I don't know a lot about the Who. Do you know a lot about the Who?
0: Uh I mean it's just kinda like
1: they're I think they're British. Are they British? I'm
0: pretty sure they're British, but it's just kind of like a very classic, like I feel like they really were big in like the 80s? Yeah, 70s? Sure, 80s? Sure. Yeah, I think... Just, I mean, yeah, I, mean 70s, I, I know they played a Super Bowl, like...
1: Yeah, years active. 64 yeah. to 82. Yeah. 85, 88 to 91. They, they've jumped around. Oh, yeah. But they've been around for a long time.
0: Well, and they've played a Super Bowl, like, I think... Oh, yeah. I I want to say they might have played, like, the 2010, give or take a couple years, Super Bowl. I think yeah. the Black Eyed Peas was 2010. Um, yeah, Give or take. I think I just remember, like, either... <laughs> Either when I was in high school or maybe middle school, I no, think they did yeah, a Super Bowl halftime show. Um,
1: At this point, they fall into the categories of, like, old dudes still jamming. Oh,
0: know? yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what's the, um, God, what's their hit song that's, like, named kind of s- silly? Um, where it goes, like, da 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 Baba O'Reilly. Yes. Oh, who, you know, everybody knows and loves that song, and no one knows that it's called Baba O'Reilly because Baba O'Reilly is not said a single time in the song. <laughs> there's a show on HBO called Joe Para Talks to You. I think I've talked about it where it's just this kind of fuddy-duddy Canadian dude just living his life and just goes on tangents, you know? And there's an entire episode dedicated to the fact that uh, Baba O'Reilly is an amazing song, but nobody knows that it's called Baba yeah. O'Reilly.
1: Sorry, I'm, I threw up in my mouth a little. You
0: threw up in your mouth a little bit? Really hates the song Bob O'Reilly, everybody.
1: Excuse me. That you was back? Gross. Yes. Whew. That actually like made my eyes water. So, yes, this was the first tour following the death of the drummer. To this concert in Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, the heartland of British rock. There were 18,348 tickets available, and they totally sold out the whole venue. So, 14,770 of them were general admission tickets that were sold for $10 at the time. Which, how much do you think that is today? Guess, 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 guess.
0: $2,000.
1: $42. Okay. So pretty cheap, like, general admission (laughs) concert ticket. Okay. And so they labeled these. Force's
0: take on inflation. It's out of control. It's out
1: of control. So these were labeled as festival seating, which typically is just, like, standing room seating. And this is more common in outdoor venues rather than, like, in a stadium slash indoor venue, which makes seating extremely competitive. So, the riverfront was known for its very lax security and safety standards. The riverfront held Led Zeppelin two years prior, where about a a thousand ticketless people gate crashed and attacked, like, staff and police at the venue. Mm -hmm. Sixty of them got arrested, but the rest of them, besides, like, a dozen or so people were injured, pretty much got in for free to see Led Zeppelin after, like, assaulting the police. Okay. But that's pretty (laughs) kick-ass, you know, that's a pretty cool story. So prior to the concert, people were like suspected there was going to be kind of mayhem because of this Led Zeppelin thing, and they just knew this was like going to be a huge concert. And so this concert was going to start at eight p.m. and it was announced over the local radio station that the general admission doors would open at three p.m. So people started to show up at twelve thirty in the afternoon in December in Ohio for an eight o'clock concert. So they basically had like seven and a half hours. People got there early.
0: I can't. For this. That, those are some really passionate. I mean, I guess people, people probably do that for, never like... never
1: showed up that early for a No, no.
0: <laughs> no matter
1: who it is. I guess
0: people probably do that nowadays for, like, maybe, like, a Beyonce or, like, a Taylor yeah. Swift concert. Well, I think
1: this just... Yeah, they, well, they said they were going to open the tickets at 3 p.m., so, like, five hours early. Yeah. you just, like, sitting inside a venue for five hours.
0: Yeah. Waiting. Well, we
1: sat in line for Bonnaroo for six. Especially like, in
0: that day and age when, like, the tickets were, like, still, a like, a very, like... You have to have like a document, paper copy yeah. To. You had a paper copy, you have to hand someone else a look at it, you know. It's like it's not like you're walking, up, will be scanning, something. You're gonna kind of walk Yeah, You're through. like just swiping
1: like a wristband or something, yeah. Yeah, so at about 1.30 p.m., the head of rock promotion for the promotional company called Electric Factory, his name's Cal Levy, sees a crowd gathering at the main entrance and confronts the riverfront's operations director, Richard Morgan, to put extra security on the ramp entrances. So this, like, whatever, promoter saw, like, a crowd of people that had been they there already for an hour and, like, no se- police officers or security anywhere. And he was like, we should probably get a couple <laughs> people over here. So they wanted to keep everyone out but p- ticket holders, I think having flashbacks to that Led Zeppelin situation. And they wanted police into the venue, but they were obviously none there. So by 4 p.m., there were 25 police officers there. and But by 7 p.m., there were almost 8,000 people outside of the venue they were gonna pe- play the Who's movie, Quadro- Quadrophenia, which I guess they had like this movie out that they were gonna play as like an opener to the show.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: people were gonna sit and watch a movie about the Who and then go and watch the Who, I guess was what ha- was happening. I mean, it's
0: really assuming some very passionate Who fans, I suppose. I, I guess so. You know, yeah.
1: Well, they showed up super early, so maybe they were. So people expected to go chill and watch this movie. But the doors were not opening in time, so people got confused and impatient. Obviously, so at six fifteen, um, the doors were supposed to open at three. Everyone thought already. So at six fifteen at this point, doors are not opened. A wind chill factor is issued for the area, and some people have been waiting in line for about six hours already. The crowd sees all these doors like lined up on the side of this building that they're are they're expecting them all like open at the same time. They're mm-hmm. just gonna like rush them. And people are getting frustrated, so they start, like, pushing forward towards these doors. So people in the back can't see what's happening up front, and people in the front are getting kind of squeezed a bit, Mm -hmm. and there was a coordinated effort to push forward as people chanted, open the fucking doors, and they they go like, one, two, three, push. And then people in the front are just getting tighter and tighter. The police officer in charge calls Richard Morgan, who was that, like, coordinator for the venue, and instructs them to open doors to let people in. But Morgan said no one is getting in until sound check is finished, which is running late because the band is late. So 7 o'clock rolls around and the doors are supposed to be open already and people are getting pissed because no one is telling them what's going on. There was a steam coming off of the crowd at this point as they were still outside and it was super freaking cold and people are banging on the doors and the glass next to the doors to try to get them to let them in. (laughs) At 7.05, they decide to open two doors at the far right of the crowd and people who are now like up front in the center see these doors open, way to the right, and they're no longer first. So okay. they're like pissed. Right. So everyone starts shelf because they see these doors open and people in the front are now trying to like scamper over to try to get in and be first again. So and they're also they open two other doors, but they're blocked by cops with Billy Clubs who are not letting people in the other doors. I so see. they're getting like bottlenecked into these two doors. Yeah. So at seven thirty sound check begins and the crowd that is trying to funnel through these two doors starts to panic because they think like the concert is starting. Right but it, they don't know that everything's running late and it's sound checked because no one is telling them so at this point a huge crowd push happens again and in a first person account from a man named richard klopp details that him and his wife were going to the concert that day and he was a huge music fan and a frequent concert goer and he wrote a letter actually to the electric factory which is that like promotional company so he wrote a note to the electric factory the, the riverfront coliseum and the city of cincinnati stating how the festival seating was a really bad idea because he had seen this organization structure not work at other venues and concerts. Mm-hmm. So this is a very passionate concert goer. I don't think yeah. I would ever write a letter complaining in a preliminary thing. But So this guy is 6'2 and over 200 pounds. And when this big push happened, when the soundtrack started, he got shoved to the ground and trampled over. And he reminis- reminisces on how right before he like hit the ground, he got separated from his wife. So he was trying to like stand up. And he's like seeing while he's like on the ground, other people that are also on the ground and like trying to climb up, but there's just like people just stomping on them. And the crowd is so tight that people that are like standing can't see the people on the ground. And once he gets up, he sees that there's people that are like trying to climb up things next to the doors. People are just like World War Z like climbing to try to like get out of this pile. And so at this point, the people who have gotten through the doors are like sprinting to the front to get to the stage. And only to see that they have not missed the concert at all. And the concert is just, like, kind of starting to begin. Like, they just did sound check. Yeah. So, the concert is, like, proceeding as normal inside. And at 7.54, police officers find the first body on the ground outside. They call for ambulances and aid from the fire department and police department. And reporters are showing up at this point as well because they hear about this just, like, chaos. Mm -hmm. Um... So, Ken Blackwell, who is the new Cincinnati mayor, this is his first day on the job when this concert happens. He is contacted while well, he's at a fancy dinner with some people, and he, they ask him if they should stop this concert, but they decide to keep the concert going, even though they've already found, like, a dead body outside. Yeah. And because they don't want there to be, like, a riot. Yeah. So, at 845, Larry Magrid, who is a promoter, informs the Who's manager, his name is Bill, that um four concert goers are already presumed dead he says two are crushed and two are ods and a fire marshal believes that there was a mass od at the beginning of the show but this is more of like a cover-up after further investigation then none of these deaths were like drug-induced they all just were crushed so once the band set is done the manager tells them to make their encore as short as humanly possible because something has happened but he doesn't like tell the who Mm -hmm. what has happened yet they finish their encore, and then they're informed that 11 people were killed in a stampede, and 26 of them were injured.
0: 11 people. 11 people.
1: A witness, who was also a nurse, said that people were compressed near the doors, and the whole situation took no longer than 40 minutes. So can you imagine just standing in, like, a suffocatingly tight crowd for, like... 40 minutes though. That's I mean, like a long time. The
0: only time I've ever like kind of encountered that is like, you know, you always think about, you always see these like crazy crowds for like European soccer games yeah. where it's just this, these masses of people who are just like got their like heads above, like, you know, of people's shoulders and they're all sweaty and like barely mm-hmm. breathing and you know, there was one time in um, in law school at yeah, Texas. It was the second game of the 2019 season and LSU was, came to Texas. Oh, for
1: football. For
0: football. Okay. Yeah, for football. They were doing something weird with the student tickets. and <laughs> They just I, need to figure out the tickets. There <laughs> were, <laughs> the the student tickets were poorly organized and it was basically first come, first serve on student tickets.
1: Oh, good. Like and, at the venue yeah, or like it, at the stadium. At the
0: stadium, and yeah. it was the it was like the first game. It was like the second game of the season, it was the first big game, and it was also like the really like the game that like everyone was the most stoked about. Aside from like you know Texas Oklahoma, which is like the classic rivalry game. So anyway, the it was just a sea of people outside the stadium, and they just made this decision to like like you know first come first serve. So they opened the gates and. It was just pandemonium getting getting inside, and you kind of get into the concourse, and it was you know it was kind of like what you're describing, where you're in this sea of people, and you are just being kind of being thrust along by this absolute wave of people. You like have
1: no control. And over like it at and, it, all. and
0: and it's a little bit scary because you actually you do like panic a little bit because like you know you it's just like you're kind of getting compressed and you know, you're kind of looking around and you're like, I mean, I, I remember seeing some girl who was like kind of starting to hyperventilate and like a couple of dudes yeah. had to like push her up and like get her head out of this like yeah. mass of people. I remember my friend James um, started like a, a small riot where like he was on the outside and he started, you know, he, he started this like crowd chanting of like, let us in, oh. let us <laughs> in, let us James in. James was the
1: problem. J- J- J-
0: James got like <laughs> briefly like detained by the police. And then I think like, and, and then, and then I think like, you know, you know, James didn't give a shit about UT, but like he, uh, he somehow like you know like all these people like got like denied access. But like James, for whatever reasons who started the riot of all these people who got denied access, ended up getting in because James the police because the police officer ended up liking the cut of his jib. Anyway, you know that, that that's a weird story. Shout out to that James, much. but no, I don't know. It's pretty badass. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, yeah, that's why one one time about that. As I remember well, being in this. It's a hundred degrees. It's Texas. It's August, and like you're just like press from every angle of people going in like god knows what direction that's there was a
1: like an account in one of the articles from this story of this like group of dudes who were like whatever bros and this like thing started to happen and they saw like some girl go down and like not pop back up and they kind of went over and they noticed that like hey this is like one of our friends like sisters or something and they did the thing where they had to like all kind of like Link arms and just joint like kind of press out and yeah. make like a little circle yeah. she like couldn't breathe yeah and to, like give her like the slightest amount of room so she could like breathe like that would be just so scary like especially if you're by yourself no one's gonna try to help you no like everyone yeah. else is just trying to like stand up no it but was yeah it's, it's that, stuff, terrible. that
0: stuff's kind of kind of crazy i think i, in I get yeah. like
1: too claustrophobic when i'm in like a crowded bar yeah like, i c- i cannot imagine if there's like no way out That'd be yeah. so yeah yeah so at this point in an emergency room supervisor at one of the hospitals that the victims were routed to named dr alexander trott said the victims died from multiple contusions and hemorrhages And they also had, like, footprint-like injuries. So they had, like, cartoonish just, like, feet stomps all over them. After the concert, the media points the finger to blame the rock and roll culture for drugs and rowdiness for these people's deaths at the concert. But concertgoers cite bad planning and trying to control an 8,000-person crowd without communication as the main problem. Pete Townshend, who is, I guess, a part of the Who, was visibly shaken for the next few shows and recalled, quote, I went through two phases... One was, of course, tremendous upset and concerned, but the other was incredible anger that we had been performing the whole time that this was going on. And another guy, Roger Daughtry says, there are no words for how he feels and apologized for what happened. So the band, The Who was pretty pissed that like, they just kind of let them go on. Meanwhile, there's like people yeah. outside. The night after there was a show in Buffalo, New York and safety measures were implemented and the concert decided it was dedicated to the people who died in Ohio. The mayor of Providence, Rhode Island canceled their Who show, even though there was like a signed seating at the show. 33 year- years later, in 2012, The Who returned and honored the tickets from that night, which is pretty cool. Families of the dead um, sued The Who, The Electric Factory, and Cincinnati, and they eventually settled for about $150,000 each, which guess how much that is today? $250,000.
0: 447000
1: <sighs> So the injured received smaller payouts as well. The city of Cincinnati also banned festival seating with a very few exceptions until 2004 when it was controversially repealed in the hopes to draw more big acts to the city. The Who returned to Cincinnati in 2022 as part of their their Who Hits Back tour and incorporated several tributes into their show. So that was a pretty bad one.
0: Yeah. It's a real mess. Nice.
1: No fun. Yeah. So I have a couple more. Cool. Do you have any, any comments? concerns about Cincinnati.
0: No, no. You yeah, know cool. um I guess don't no festival seating, festival more style and jelly. You yes, know? exactly.
1: So this was one that I have not heard about was but is honestly the most one of the most wild ones of these. So this is the Altamont Freeway speed festival. Whoa. Altamont Speedway Free Festival that okay. happened in 1969. Okay. I think I really just like meshed all those words Perfect. together. So 300,000 people gathered at Altamont Speedway in Tracy, California to see the Rolling Stones perform a free festival less than four months after the idyllic Woodstock 69 festival. So this festival also featured Santana, who we tried to see in Milwaukee, but we did not see
0: where he collapsed because we, we were trying to see him in 2021 and he was having adventurous festival experiences in 1969,
1: apparently. Yes. So that makes sense. He, you know. Santana is quite old. Yeah. So this festival is also to feature Santana, Jefferson Airplane, the Flying Burrito Brothers, Cosby Stills, Nash and Young, which I'm going to just call CSNY because that is very confusing. Yeah. And the Grateful Dead, followed by the Rolling Stones. So it's supposed to be the lineup for okay. this festival. There was a push to make rock concerts for free or minimal cost to make rock available for all. Okay. So part of the peace and love, all rock music, you know. So this was kind of dubbed Woodstock West and would conclude with four deaths that were the result of violence from Hells Angels security guards, a lack of organization, and badge rugs. Wow. So this concert is often also called the death of the 60s and rock's darkest day. Mm-hmm. So they really had high hopes for this place, yeah. but it turned out really bad. So I'm going to tell you about it. So, the Stones were criticized for their high ticket prices leading up to this concert, so they decided to participate in this free show. The Stones had gained a huge popularity during their tour, and this free concert was thrown together in a very short amount of time. Originally, it was to be held at San Francisco's Golden Gate Park, but the city said, no thank you. We like to charge for our concerts. And... The set at Altamont Speedway was put together in days in a makeshift fashion with a low stage and flimsy barrier between the stage and fans. So the stage was only four feet above the crowd compared to it was 15 feet up at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. So like people were like right there, like at the people's yeah. feet. They were also a lack of portable toilets and medical tents, which we see is a big problem yes. <laughs> at festivals. Yes. Um. So I guess like from what they were saying that they just kind of like Tried to put this festival in multiple different places and they just like kept having issues with the venue. And I guess like the stage was so low because it was supposed to be at like a different venue where the stage was kind of like up on a hill and they didn't need it to be that tall, but it just like didn't turn out and they just had terrible planning. So someone decided to quote unquote hire the Hells Angels to run security for $500 worth of beer. The Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane had previously used the Angels for security without issue, so they thought that this was a fantastic idea. Huh. The, the crew setting up the venue worked through the night as concert goers began to arrive and there were already shortages of facilities and bathrooms. Before the music even began, health professionals in the med tents were dealing with people suffering from bad drugs. They experienced, quote, freakouts and said the drugs were going around cut with all sorts of things. There were reportable, like, weed and LSD just being, like, given out for free. So they kind of made it sound like that this festival was, like, a free concert and that they, like... People were also just giving drugs out for free. They were just, like, <laughs> go crazy, people who have no money. Um, this, plus the speed that was getting passed around or even, like, was speed cut into things was leading to very adverse trips and people taking their clothes off, I guess, very early on. Hundreds of people wandered the grounds all day in the nude. They also noticed people were mixing acid with amphetamines which led to violence and paranoia which throw in some alcohol and people were getting very rowdy and having some pretty bad trips. People also began reporting being dosed by strangers. People were like offered orange juice and then they drank it and it was not just orange juice. Medical tents were short staffed and had little more than first aid supplies to treat all these people. They had very limited supply of Thorazine which is a medication used to treat people with like mental or mood disorders such as schizophrenia. Which was being used as a tranquilizer to just, like, sedate people who were, like, freaking out. <laughs> they were just like, all right, we'll just trank these people and deal with it later. And before the music began, an 18-year-old man, most likely under the influence, climbed a cyclone fence. Which, I don't know what that means. They only just said cyclone fence. I feel like it's just, like, a chain link fence. Or, like, a barrier fence. That doesn't matter. Yeah, cyclone but fence. I don't know what never that never heard is. of that,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so, apparently, it was a fence that separated the concert grounds from, like, an aqueduct that ran through the venue. A state police officer on the opposite side of the festival, like across the canal, saw him take off his shirt, disregard like a blatant warning sign that said, do not go in this aqueduct, slid feet first into the canal. He <laughs> bobbed momentarily and then was pulled under by a current and his body was found two miles down the canal hours later. Whoa. So this was first man down. Um, Santana was the first act on stage. And they set went relatively smooth, besides the Hell's Angel getting visibly drunk and violent already. The Hell's Angels immediately began their reign of terror over the concert goers. They were the only security really at the concert, besides like the Stones is like and like other bands, kind of little personal securities. And I guess the guy that owned the Speedway had like a little private security guard team, but they were not like, they didn't want to have police officers there because they wanted it to be like rock and roll. They were like, no cops. But I can just see... Apparently, they had, like, troopers, like, outside the grounds. I could just see them looking in and just, like, seeing it just burn. Right. Members of the Hells Angels rolled up on their bikes and began partying instead of helping those that were already in need of medical assistance. They attacked the crowd with pool cues and beat a nude man during the Santana set. A man working for the Grateful Dead begged them to stop, which they did stop, and then the naked man proceeded to get up and punch a gang member while walking back into the crowd, so the Hells Angels turned on the guy that, like, kind of stopped them in the first place and beat him with sawed-off pool cues. Do they just, like, bring these with them? I don't know where they, like, got these pool cues from. (laughs)
0: Because this
1: was, like, at, like, a speedway.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just...
1: (sighs) Did they just bring them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind
0: of uh, just operate them, as like, like, a They just up, operate like, as bikes. a caravan, you know? I mean, playing pool and bars is like a pretty big part of their economy. So you they know? just bring yeah. them with,
1: yeah. So the scene seemed to calm down when the Flying Burrito Brothers came on stage for their apparently country rock set. However, Denise Juicks was hit in the head with an empty beer bottle and suffered a skull fracture. She was six months pregnant at the time and had trouble with her vision after this event. The Stones did eventually pay for her medical expenses, though, so that was nice of them. While Jefferson Airplane was playing, Marty Ballin, who was a band member, jumped off the stage in to sort out a scuffle that resulted after someone in the crowd tripped over one of the Angels' motorcycles. Marty was punched and knocked unconscious during the set, so they beat up some member of this <laughs> band. While CSNY's set was going on, Stefan Stills was stabbed in the leg by an Angel with a sharpened uh, bike spoke. So they attacked the band. Yeah, um, Mick Jagger was almost immediately assaulted by a fan who, once he stepped off his helicopter onto the speedway, he punched him in the head. And the Grateful Dead decided at this point that they should pull out last minute after their manager reported all like the chaos that was already happening all day. And this left like a time slot open between CSNY and the Rolling Stones. So the Rolling Stones took the stage after this little break because the Grateful Dead pulled out, and Mick Jagger urged the fans to be cool by, <laughs> by the third song, which was Sympathy for the Devil. A fight broke out in the crowd, unsurprisingly. They paused their whole set um, while the angels tried to restore order, but the most notable event of the evening took place at this time. So Meredith Hunter, who was an 18-year-old black man, was punched by an angel and chased back into the crowd, his girlfriend Patty was seen begging them to calm down once he returned to the stage, but because I guess like they said that this Meredith guy was trying to like get onto the stage and they yeah. thought he was gonna like attack the band. But many report that this Meredith man was on drugs, so Meredith at this point pulled out a twenty-two caliber revolver from his bright green suit when the Hell's Angels, Alan Passero stabbed him twice, killing him. Security believed the hunter was going to, like, harm the stones, and Pissero was acquitted after the video was found of, like, this whole ordeal. But people claimed that, like, the angels were, like, prejudiced right. and, like, targeted him. Yeah. But either way, it was a very violent death. So this yeah. Meredith guy, this kid that they found out, I guess, was on LSD that drowned in that aqueduct, and then two hit and runs apparently resulted in four deaths, plus many under injuries occurred at the Altamont Speedway this day. Many criticized the Stones for throwing this very poorly planned concert together to make a quick buck, because I guess they were trying to, like, film it.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be, then, like, it was supposed to be, like, Woodstock West. It was supposed yeah, to, like, immediately kind of carry off of like, the beat of, like, Woodstock. Um yeah. And they were going to, like, film it. That was a big part. I guess that was kind of, like, a big part of, like, Woodstock at the time that people kind of forget was, like, it was always intended to kind of, like, be filmed and, like, publicized. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, like, the broadcasting rights or the, you know, I guess the... Reproduction rights for like the videos on it has just been like mm-hmm. worth like millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars of cents, you know. Yeah. So I think they were, you know, trying to capitalize on that.
1: Yeah, I guess like there were some things I was reading through, but like couldn't really like piece it all together that like the Rolling Stones were like kind of like trying to get a cash grab together because they like were kind of just like hemorrhaging money at some point and were just like ready it's to It's kind make, of tough like, to believe. Yeah, that's what I was like, how like are they losing money at this point? But I don't know. It just seems like it was just a bad idea
0: all around. No, nah, it's an insane festival. Yeah, I um, while you were talking, I was all squirreling around trying to find my, like, there's a g- really great Hunter S. Thompson book on, like, the, the Hells Angels. Um, and I thought it, I thought he talked about that Altamont um, Spill incident. He I don't think he did, but if you ever want to know more of the Hells Angels, you I mean, it, there's a free PDF of the book online. You can go yeah, read you can it.
1: You just and read it anytime.
0: <laughs> it is such a, like, wild barbarian group of people back yeah. then where it's, like, it's tough to believe. Like, I mean, because you know, it, it was, like, 1960s and, like, early 70s where they really reached their heyday in terms of, like, what they were doing. And, like, I don't know. That's still relatively, like, modern era stuff. And it was just, like, this band of, like, crazy Mongols <laughs> who, like, would go from, like, town to town and, like, you know. You know and, like, you know, I mean, they would – it was a lot kinda of like a lot of drug dealing and just doing odd jobs and like I mean so in, in some respects they were kinda of like just what you think of biker gangs today, whereas like yeah. guys would just kinda of group up and go for rides and stuff like that. You know, but at the same time it was definitely like a
1: There's a big like intimidation factor.
0: I yeah, I mean it was also. a gang. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like a gang as you know, as in terms of like what you would think of it, yeah. you know, today. Um but yeah, I mean that was their big thing, it was just kinda of like meeting up and partying and just like doing like tons of just like secondhand speed and just like bugging out and like it was just like it was such a cultural like thing though that like they would come in and like just cause havoc you know um
1: well that was part of this was i guess they kind of were like hiring different groups i don't know what their 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 title herds gangs i don't know whatever um, different chapters yeah. from, like, different cities in, like, Southern California. Yeah. And, like, they hired, like, some that were pretty, like, well-established. Yeah. And then I guess they brought, like, some from, like, San Francisco or some chapter that was, like, pretty new. Yeah. And they really wanted to, like, prove themselves to the other angels as being, like, big tough guys. Yeah. And then they just started just, like, beating the shit out of each other to, like, try to, like, yeah. do pretty much, like, a pissing contest. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, Yeah. Yeah. Devolved. Yeah.
0: There's a, there's a good story about them that you know, I can't really remember off the top of my head, but it was called the, you know, I was just kind of glancing with that PDF of that book, and it's called the, it's called the Hells Angels and the Rape of Bass Lake. Okay. And it is this lakes, is this quiet, like I think Northern California, lakeside community where the Hells Angels um, planned like a, a get together. And it <laughs> is, so it is like, it's almost like Rambo. Where this town of fuddy-duddies, like, sees, like, these, you know, kind of uh, beatniks or just kind yeah. of crazy people come into town and don't know what to do about it. I mean, you that know? would be
1: terrifying, I Yeah, guess.
0: yeah, and, like, and they're, like, they're trying to set up, like, like weird sort of police correspondences with these people are trying to, like, make peace with them. And, like, little fights break out, and it's just, like, it was just, like, you know, I mean, I yeah, guess at that wait, time, the did. Hells Angels were just, like, this, like... Weird population of just like non personas, non gratis, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was, I don't know. Really interesting, uh, group of people to study, you know.
1: That would be, that would yeah. Be. I mean, that's probably 100. S. Thompson yeah. really did it, thought it was great. Yeah. yeah, um, I feel like the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and the most you know, recent thing, of course, is the astral world situation. Which, was
0: that a music festival, or is that just, like, a concert? It technically, yes,
1: was a music festival.
0: But just for Travis Scott?
1: I think they had other, like, people there. Oh, okay. But, like, Travis Scott was, like, headlining.
0: And this is in Houston? Yes. Okay, Houston.
1: yeah. I didn't really, like, follow up that much when this was happening, because I just had, like, my parents at the time just, like, saying in my ear how rap music was bad. And I was like, Mom, Dad, Travis Scott's cool. Like...
0: Is he cool?
1: I don't know. I don't really actually like his music, yeah, but, you know, cool. whatever. Yeah. He's like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yes, Astroworld was a festival. So, about 50,000 people gathered to watch Travis Scott perform as part of the Astroworld Music Festival, which began on November 5th of 2021. So, it's pretty recent, Yeah. The festival was held in Travis Scott's hometown, Houston, Texas, yeah. to celebrate his 2018 Astroworld. Um, he was known already to encourage very rowdy concerts. So Travis Scott had pleaded guilty to reckless conduct charges in 2015 after encouraging fans at Lollapalooza, which take place in Chicago, to climb over security barricades and onto the stage. He was sued by all he was also sued by a fan who says that he was paralyzed after being pushed from a third-story balcony and dragged on stage at a performance in Manhattan for Travis Scott. Which I fail to see how this is Travis Scott's fault.
0: No, yeah. (laughs) But
1: it still sounds like a terrible concert experience. So the concert at Astro World was said to be chaotic from the start. Fans begin to arrive at 3 p.m. with a mob mentality that was already occurring to get good seats for the concert to get, like, in merch and food lines as well which we've seen merch lines at concerts can kind of be absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like when Taylor Swift came to Nashville, you were gone this weekend, but people were talking about how, I guess they just had like this merch semi pull up, yeah, like in East Nashville somewhere, kind of by Nissan. And lines were like three hours long to get like Taylor Swift t-shirts.
0: Concert or like, like concert merch is interesting because they do. Well, like concert merch is like, is like a really interesting, like cottage industry where, they do a really good job of just like selling stuff at the event and then really doing a good job like making it unavailable oh, after yeah. that. Well you that, know yeah,
1: I guess there was like from talking to these people that were getting in line for this Taylor Swift truck, there was this like coveted like light blue crew neck or something yeah. that you could only get on the tour and they weren't selling it online or you could buy it online for like five hundred dollars. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just like, yeah, they they're very good about we're not going to like, We're this isn't
0: going online. Yeah, like, it, It's really interesting because like, I um, I don't know, as one example, like, I don't know, I watched that Woodstock 99 documentary and like, probably in, in poor taste, Well, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll get a Woodstock 99 t-shirt as a gag. <laughs> and I went online and there were two options. One Either get something from like an Asian manufacturer that was clearly a knockoff, you know, and just <laughs> worthless, $10, whatever, yeah. you know, or $500. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, there there was nothing in no between. between. No one yeah. was like, just no one makes stuff after the fact. And, you know, I mean, and that's do like. They
1: probably have some rights for it. Or something? They,
0: there's some rights for oh, it yeah. or whatever. And, um,. I, you know, I guess they just do a good job, like, policing shit, and all that, I mean, and, like, in that Woodstock 99, that's obviously kind of a very famous festival example, but, like, you can, like, I don't know, like, you can find, like, some, like, you know, there's, I mean, like, I, I went to Jazz Fest in, like, 2000, and, Sixteen or seventeen, and then like a few years later, one wanted a shirt, could not get one. Well, they yeah, did not exist that, on the like, market. Right you know, Dead
1: Lithuanian basketball thing that people have now—that yeah. like the original shirts are going for outrageous amounts of money, but you can like buy a cheap knockoff for like twenty bucks. And it's
0: clear, but it's clearly a knockoff. It's clearly yeah. like made in someone's backyard. Yeah. And if like, and if these people ever got like wind that someone's actually producing they'd, they, you know, they it, they would you know get it shut down. Come at and them with, like, yeah, like, anyway, some just papers. point is like I don't know concert T-shirts. That's a weird industry. That yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Man, it's just such a big like
0: yeah. thing. I don't know. Yeah.
1: That you eventually will probably just throw off to goodwill in like five years, but yeah. right now super expensive. Yeah. So lots of lines, people are getting upset. Multiple fights are already breaking out across the grounds. Security, as detailed by Houston's mayor Sylvester Turner, was said to be more robust than the World Series game. So apparently they were pretty prepared at this thing. Yeah. They had a lot of security. There were 505 event security members, 91 armed officers, 76 off-duty officers, and 500 on-duty Houston Police Department officers at mm-hmm. the festival, which sounds like a lot. Yeah. Once the concert began, social media posts uh, began to go up of people pleading for help, while others were unaware that this was unfolding in other parts of the venue. So I guess people like up front were probably just like drowning in a sea of. People who drank too many vodka Red Bulls. At one point, Travis Scott told the crowd, I want to see some rages. Who wants to rage? And then he said, there's an ambulance in the crowd. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Apparently trying to like calm people down. And then the music shut off for a few moments. And then he said, if everybody good, put a middle finger up in the sky. And then the music resumed. And I wrote Mr. Scott, which seems so off Travis Scott. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Travis Scott urged the crowds to make um, the ground shake. So he was kind of like getting people
0: fired up. Yeah, like yeah. It kind of reminds me of like uh, everyone complains about Limp Biscuit and like at <laughs> yeah, Woodstock yes, 99 yeah. where they're he literally performing stick. their like break shit song and yeah. people are just like obviously destroying everything inside. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. he's like, oh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh, I got
0: nothing to do with that. You <laughs> yeah. know, that, it's, it's the song, buddy. You know, yeah. Yeah. But
1: So the concert went on for about another 30 minutes but still ended up about 30 minutes earlier than planned. So it got down around like 10 10. Live Nation chose to stop the concert, but 40 minutes after, city officials said there was a mass casualty event had occurred. So Houston Police Chief said officials were worried about a riot if they stopped the concert early. Mm-hmm. So they did stop the concert early, but yeah. they were like, not wanting to just like call
0: it off. Yeah.
1: Um, in the aftermath, 10 people had died, but hundreds were injured. Wow. So That's I was crazy. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was so many.
0: No, he got, he got sued pretty good. And I mean... It's not his fault, but like when you talk about like who to sue, I think it I mean I think it all was also it was his music fest. Like he was yeah. the illegal entity that was yeah. responsible for that. So like when you sue someone you're not really suing Travis Scott as a person, but you are suing the estate or whatever yeah. of Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah. But I
1: guess this had something Live Nation had something to do with this. Live Nation I mean, Live
0: Nation owns like a ton of the music festivals nowadays. Yeah, like they, they, they own Bonroe now apparently. Yeah. yeah. Corporate so. machine.
1: But yeah, I don't know.
0: I of- I do have an interesting tidbit. So, okay. regarding Give the it. populations of music festivals. Okay. So, how many people went to Astroworld? World? you just have that up?
1: I think it was fifty thousand. Fifty
0: thousand. Okay. That's,
1: that's, what the, t- that's what the internet said.
0: How many people went to Bonnaroo? It said eighty
1: thousand. Eighty
0: thousand. All right. Here's a here's a quote. Okay. Coachella Festival hosts a pro. No, this is Coachella, right? Yes. So and we just had that really earlier this year. Arguably, like probably
1: the most popular music festival, right? I feel like, or Coachella, most known.
0: Coachella Festival hosts approximately 125,000 attendees um, each weekend. This statistic is a testament to the immense popularity of the Coach Fest, Coachella Festival, with an impressive 125,000 attendees flocking to the event each weekend. All right, guess how many people went to Woodstock '94?
1: I say 150.
0: One fifty thousand? Okay. That's how many, that's about how many tickets were sold. Okay. So one oh, one yeah. fun fact about, Woods, okay. about Woodstock 94, you, you have they, trick sold about, they sold about 160,000 tickets, but their gate system failed and uh, 350,000 people. You say
1: gate system failed, people just like ripped down the gates, Right. They? <laughs> technical
0: term for people tearing down the gates yes. and crawling in.
1: 350,000. 350,000
0: people attended that event. Insane. Now, and I, I mean, and I didn't even look up aggregate numbers. This was just like I'm just googling out my phone, you know, while while you're well, talking. There's like
1: no way to know either how many people were there. Well,
0: guess how many people went to Woodstock '69?
1: Two hundred thousand.
0: Half a million people at you know, Woodstock. Ex- Wait,
1: so did did they sell tickets?
0: I don't really know. They said <laughs> they, they said. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's 1969. You know, lo- pretty, lots of cash yeah. transactions. And so obviously there's no way to know, but it is calculated that five hundred thousand people were at Woodstock 69. And like, oh, I think I think I mean that's a cool article that I'm guessing someone's written, but I, I get I think it comes down to a lot of factors that like, you know, the I guess security in term, you know, security has, has improved, ticket prices have probably I, I feel like tickets yeah. tickets to music festivals, I think it's much more of a luxury thing instead of like 10 bucks you know um also you talk about like property you just don't have these massive fucking fields anymore
1: liability now like i just don't liability you you can't
0: do it anymore but i but it's just interesting people talk about these huge raiders now and like maybe they'd hit a hundred thousand hundred thousand people there's half a million people at Woodstock '69. You
1: like look at pictures of it too. That looks like half. A million. It
0: looks like these. Yeah, it looks like the city of Nashville is not all at it. Even in when one we field. were at like
1: Bonnaroo, like you look back and you're like, there's a lot of freaking people here.
0: 80,000 people. But like literally. that,
1: it doesn't look like this. Like the pictures of this do. Yeah. What did they say at uh, '99 was like 200,000 or yeah. something? That's still a t- that's still of a people.
0: staggering amount of people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it comes down to, like, liabilities and, like, yeah. you know, the, the people on, like, the legal hook for a lot of these things. Like, just won't let that many people be in, the, be in one place. No. And I think it's also, like, yeah, it's, I think it's, like, a property thing. I think they're, like, we're, like, running out of, like, spaces.
1: Yeah. What kind of, you yeah, know, what, can you like imagine that? just, like, I wonder what, like, the acreage, this is, like, we would have to do more research on. Yeah. But, like, the acreage of where, like, Woodstock was held. Like, how big are we talking
0: it was in Bethel, New York, and I think it was on, it was on this massive farm expanse yeah. that probably does not exist in that yeah. like open state well, anymore, or if it, or or, are, like, or it does in someone wise enough to know not to let a music festival be thrown there. You know, yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. Do that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: like I think Bonnaroo, they said that the like. Actual like the farm or whatever yeah. they called it was like 760 acres. Like, yeah, that's a pretty like big property. Yeah, but definitely not big enough to hold half a million people. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. tried to just do a quick sweep to see like the acreage of this place, but yeah, it says tens of thousands vehicles. This is on MusicHallOfFame.com. Tens of thousands of vehicles of guests were parked as far as 20 miles away from the site of the festival. Uh,
0: what Six oh. '69? Or what?
1: Uh, yes, 69. Yeah. In 2007, Max Ueger's 600 acre dairy farm was listed for sale at a low price of $8 million. Wow. So I guess it was on this like 600 acre farm. Yeah. They're pretty, they're packed in there pretty, pretty yeah. close at that point.
0: Yeah. Back. So I, that's definitely like an interesting thing is like that's you think crazy. about like these crazy mobs of people and take know, it back 20 years people? and these things were literally five times bigger. Cause you, you know? Think
1: now like, I guess that like, that stadium for, like, Ann Arbor holds, like, 100,000 people. Yeah. And that's, like,
0: crazy. You get fire of like, those, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. In a field. So, something some weird to think about, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, that was all I really had for this, for just some three wild little music situations. Yeah. Um. What's,
0: the What's like, the worst or, like, craziest experience you've had at, like, a concert or a music festival?
1: I don't know. I feel like I've been relatively lucky. I was at Country Fest a couple of years ago. There was yeah. a big fight. There's just two, like you know, 250 pound farm kids just throwing haymakers at each other. So that's
0: the worst thing that's happened to you. That's pretty cool. It really know. hasn't been, yeah. you know, it hasn't yeah. been that bad. Yeah. I
1: mean, Bonnaroo, we had a great experience. Yeah. Summerfest is always pretty chill, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's always just people are hanging out. Yeah. I don't know. What's what's something bad that happened to you?
0: I think I like know. I think like the most interest or <sighs> this wasn't really bad. So much It was just kind of like interesting. I was at a big music festival in New Orleans called Voodoo. It's around Halloween and it rained a bunch and throughout the grounds it was like a foot of mud mm-hmm. so you're walking around in boots and you're literally i mean j- just like a lot of these music festivals where there's just way too when much mud, mud happens, you're like, just stomping around in mud pieces. and i just yeah i just remember like it was just kind of crazy because there's all this like weird halloween light up stuff and you're like stomping around in, like, feet of mud and you just feel like you're like in this, like, weird mystical bog, you know, yeah. and it's... Especially
1: in New Orleans, it's probably just hot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was October and it was rainy, so it oh. honestly wasn't oh, that hot. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was an interesting one. Um, uh, I was at a, I was at a concert in Austin and it was downtown and we were, like, it was, like, a rave and it was, um, you know, we're in, like, a pretty defined, you know, sort of, like, little venue. It wasn't, like, some big field. But I remember, um, uh, someone got uh, there was a shooting right outside the venue, yeah, and so they had to really shut bad. down the concert, but they also kept everyone inside, that which made it a very a strange. Line. Yeah, because you're like, I don't know, you're partying, you know, maybe you're drank a lot, you maybe taking some, you know, something else, <laughs> and like suddenly these big white floodlights come on, but the doors yeah. are locked. That's very strange. So, like, it was definitely like a me and this other friend were there, and I think we, like, you know, kind of like handed it kind of like, you know, fine and kind of figured out what was going on. We we're like, well, it's crazy, but like, a lot of people you clearly were just like bedazzled by the experience. Why are we trapped in this building while someone just got murdered outside? Um, And, uh, yeah, so that... Very scary. I feel like that one kind of sticks out. It's kind of like the the craziest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but like, nothing like, I don't know, nothing like the things we've we've talked about. No. Yeah, no. I don't know.
1: I mean, I want to say that, like, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen anymore, but, like, it happened in 2021, so... Yeah. It does
0: happen. Yeah, it yeah it does happen. Um, there's
1: just no way to avoid that though. Like if you're at a concert and people start just like doing like the rush to the stage and like pushing the stage, like there's not like ho- no matter how many people like officers or whatever you have, like yeah, how how are you gonna stop that? Yeah, yeah, which is scary, yeah, but yeah, but, you know it's fine.
0: Cool, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that was all. I use, you know, references that I'll put in the show notes.
0: Yeah.
1: AJ still hasn't gotten back to us on her homework, so. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, it's really weird. Still, She's
1: a few weeks late. We're docking the grade. Yeah, I
0: have no idea, you know. But um
1: who else? Yep. I think
0: that was all. Yep. Read that Hunter S. Thompson book about the Hells Angels. That's my that's Forrest's official book recommendation of the week. It's
1: festival season people. Don't get that mosh pit. You don't yeah. know if you're gonna come out. Yeah, you know. Or do. It'll yeah. okay. be okay. All right. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye bye.